The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Yes, and hello out there in uh, Unity Listening Land. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show, and I am your host, Vincent Jenna, coming to you live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time. Um, from Raleigh, North Carolina, where it is not snowing. And I'm not saying that out of joy or happiness. I am saying that out of a certain amount of envy and jealousy to any other state that is getting any snow right now, including um, where our Unity Online Radio broadcast system is out of Kansas City. So, okay, I just heard a beep in my ear, and I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to ignore that. Um, Well, I hope everybody is keeping safe and warm, at least. So um, we are going to be talking about love again, but we're going to be talking more love. This is the love month, February. We've got Valentine's Day on Friday. Uh, That could mean some wonderful romantic things for many people. And it could also mean some sadness for others who feel alone and are not necessarily in a relationship. But we all should be celebrating Valentine's Day because it is about love. And it always starts with love of self first. Okay. Um, So. Love of self is what allows us to extend that out onto others. And we're going to be talking about that today, how to attract and maintain perfect love. And I wasn't thinking about it, but I should have uploaded my Beatles song, All You Need Is Love. I happen to absolutely love that song, and it is so perfect. And the Beatles were so ahead of their time. They really were. Uh, and and if you ever listen, truly listen to the lyrics of that song, you will, you know, hear the the actual words about that love resolves and solves everything, everything. Yes, it does. Um, so so all you need is love, attract and maintain perfect relationships. And and I hope there's a lot of listeners today, and I hope that they also download this podcast. And if you didn't hear last week's podcast, uh, that is really important because it is all about the true definition to what love is. Um, you know, we we have all of these understandings as to what earthly love is and conditional love, but truly not real love, not the love that uh, we were created from and we were expect to experience once we were here on earth. So go back and listen to that podcast, okay? Today, it's going to be more about 
how to attract love. So I hope uh, that there are people that are listening. And if you have any questions about that, uh, please uh, hold on to them. Call in. Uh, you're more than welcome to call in at 816-251-3555 to ask them today. Next week, we're actually going to do love readings. Okay. Um, so, and I just want to make sure, hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next week, it's going to be all about um, you and uh, relationship readings and receiving messages from the other side, from the spirit realm about love. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, in order to attract perfect relationships, we're going to talk about the myths of relationships and love. So so today is, is one of those real important days when it comes to love and relationships, which is one of the most important things that we're here on the earth to experience. It's one of the most natural things. We set it up. Again, go back and listen to last week's podcast at this point. We talk more detail about that. And we're going to talk even more about it when, with my special guest that's coming on at the end of the month on uh, February 26th, actually. We have Emily, Emily Morse, who is Dr. Emily Morse, uh, who is very well known for her serious XM radio show called Sex with Emily. Emily is a doctor of human sexuality and relationships. So we're going to be talking about the importance of relationships and the natural ability of relationships, um, as well as sexuality and sex. Yes, that S-E-X word, that big S word. Uh, we'll be talking here on Unity Radio because it is going to be based in understanding of our spiritual growth. I'll be talking a little bit about that today, but much more about that when Emily is here. So be sure to mark your calendar, February 26th. We're going to be talking some really important stuff with a really important person. But right now, let's get into attracting perfect relationships and what that is all about. First, we have to understand, we have these myths that we have passed down from generation to generation, total misunderstandings as to what relationships are, how to attract a relationship, what you do when you're in a relationship, all these nonsensical things that have gotten in people's way. And because they've gotten in people's way, people don't even know how to date anymore, not naturally. And and like I was saying is is, relationships are the most natural thing. We're social beings and creatures here on earth. That has been scientifically and anthropologically uh, proven that we like to be with people, you know, in groups. We like to be in one-on-one in, um, -on -one relationships and in, in, in couple relationships. Um, and, and it starts from when we're younger. There's actually a progression of development in the human mind in regards to relationships and at first we are very much into group relationships boys and girls so there'll be one big group a group of friends and it can consist of both genders in that group um, but there also could be separate groups groups of boy friends and a group of girl 
friends. So you always have these these uh, little organizations that go along with those groups, whether the guys are playing baseball, they're on a baseball team, a football team, a soccer team, it doesn't matter. You know, the girls are doing the same thing or they have their clubs, uh, but it does start in groups and we enjoy that. And then the groups tend to meld as we get older. So now, instead of there just being a boys group and a females group, there is both boy and girl groups where they've become closer. That usually is in the later teen years. Um, and, and so the group is still important, but the naturalness of the groups merging, both male and female, is just as important because what happens then, it usually stems off the first couple relationships. And this isn't when, what I'm talking about is the generalization for the majority of people. Of course, there's always those outliers, those ones that don't fit in the norm of progression, but I'm talking about normal development. So now you have this large group consisting of both boys and girls, and then within the group, they start coupling off boy, girl, boy, girl. Um, now it's definitely much more acceptable and hopefully it continues to become very comfortable for the couples to couple off as boy, girl, girl, boy, 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 girl, girl. It doesn't matter, but the couple interest starts to develop in the later teen years. Then the next phase of development is the couple start to separate and individuate from the full group. So they no longer need to be in a group. They want to uh, be on their own, but they then maintain their group interests separate from the couple. So instead of the couples being together in the group, and going on dates together and doing, uh, having interest together, they will go off on their own as a couple, but then sometime or another come back together um, in their group form. And not necessarily um, male-female form anymore, but the boys still have their interest and hang around with the guys, and some of the girls have their interest and hang around with the girls, right? They get together, the girls night out. Uh, boys night at the um, at the pub to see the game, you know, and have a beer together. Uh, boys tend to do um, a little bit more physical thing. Girls tend to do a little bit more emotional things. Again, that's not the the etched in stone rule for everybody. But that is the progression of couples to start with. That is the normal, healthy human being progression. However, I specifically repeated that with the words normal and healthy, okay, accentuated for a reason. Because it is rare that the normal healthy progression is what it used to be. A matter of fact, what winds up happening is everybody's individual story of their youths can get in the way. So, for example, here I, I, I'll express mine, for, for example. I'll share mine. I'm not afraid to do that. So here Eileen and I met 
back in high school, um, because I was the tormented one, I really didn't have anybody dating me. Um, the only person that I had go out on a date with me truly um, no, I can't. I can't say that. I have to throw in two people here. The first girl who went out on a date with me, I come to find out, went on a date with me for a dare, a bet. <clears throat> Somebody bet her that she couldn't date me um, for at least a week. And actually, we went together for two weeks. At the end of the two weeks, she broke up with me and she said, um, thank you. You just made me win my bet. And I'm like, what bet? She said, I was bet that I couldn't date you. And I did. So I made 25 cents. I said, wait a minute. Now, this was back in the 70s, the early 70s. You're telling me you dated me to make 25 cents? Geez, talk about ruining a person's ego and esteem. That made me feel like crap, at least if it was $5, $10, something like that. Uh, you know, all right, I can understand why you'd want to try to break my heart, but for 25 cents, good Lord, I wasn't worth more than that. That was, So that made me feel like crap, that's for sure. Um, the second girl I dated, she was really sweet and her family was sweet and it really wasn't um, anything serious, serious, but she was a sweetheart and she happened to be the friend of the one who bet me, uh, but she felt bad for me and I kind of felt bad anyway. So we, we dated in that way. However, it was senior year and it was prom time. And I really didn't want to be left out of the prom because I remember, you know, when you picked on, you could do one of two things. You can either um, give into that, right? And back away and hide yourself in the closet. But I didn't do that. I was a pretty obstinate guy. And I just wanted to keep proving to everybody that I was cool. I was okay. But everybody in my school knew my reputation, knew what I went through. So there was trouble there. But a good friend of mine in in high school, she was in the drama club with me and she was also in the chorus with me because I was a singer, actor, dancer. If you remember me telling you that, that's my background. Well, she said that she worked with a girl. Um, I was in Levittown and she was in East Meadow who went to East Meadow High, but they had a job together. And she said, I can ask her if um, she wants to meet you. And then, you know, if things go well, maybe you can ask it to the prom. So I was like, wow, that's really cool. So um, lo and behold, we met and um, things at least clicked on my side quicker than they clicked on her side, but she wanted to go to the prom anyway. <laughs> so um, that was a good thing for me because that was at least an enticement to go out with me and date me. And then of course, with my charming self, um, she, kind of fell in like with me pretty quickly and uh, we we became an item in a couple. But the interesting thing is that even though the group that I was in, uh, which was the drama clubs and the chorus, right? We were together, boy and girl. And within that group, the boys and the girls started dating. I didn't have anybody in that in, in that group to date. Um, plus, I was slow in maturing emotionally because I had such a great need for friends, having been tormented and being tormented still, even having those friends. Um, it, it was very important for me to stay in that group and not lose anybody. 
But Eileen was a little bit more emotionally advanced than me, and she was ready to individuate and go off as a couple. So she wanted to spend time with me in a couple relationship, and I wanted to spend our couple relationship in the group. And she didn't like that. So um, we broke up, right? We broke up after the prom and after we had been dating for a little bit. Um, but that was actually a, a short breakup, and um, I believe it was the Carpenters um, who actually brought us back together again. We had she had gotten me tickets to the Carpenters, see the Carpenters for our birthday, my birthday, not her birthday, my birthday, which is coming up again soon. Oh my gosh, another year's gone by. And um, with the romantic songs that the Carpenters were singing, um, she didn't want to, I, I didn't want to, you know, have somebody else join me. And, um, you know, she didn't want to impose on me since we had broken up. But I asked her, why don't you just come with me anyway? You bought the tickets. I mean, she was so sweet in getting me tickets for my birthday. How can I tell her I'd be a real dirty rat? if I decided to bring somebody else. So I brought her with me. And of course that was all meaningful and purposeful because we got back together again. So what my point is, is that um, things don't always flow naturally. However, stories do get in the way. And that is what has happened today because combine what the law of attraction states and is about, with relationships and your inner core beliefs, which influence the law of attraction, is what can get in the way of any of your relationship um, attempts. And so they become issues because you've got some unconscious things going on in there that I've talked about before that are keeping you from attracting your perfect partner and lover even friends and and work cohorts are all attracted basically the same way you just turn up the depth of the love you want to share uh, based on the the type of relationship you want to attract so let's talk about the relationship myths so we can get those out of the way i hope you have a pen and a pad and you're jotting these things down because even though you can go back and listen to this again which i want you to do you definitely want these notes so that you can pay attention to them all right so here is the first myth that i have come up with one opposites attract no they don't that is a complete myth we used to hear that all the time opposites attract you know um so you might have a strong partner and then a weak partner you might have a dominant partner and a passive partner you might have a funny partner and one that's more serious no opposites do not attract like attracts like bottom line it that's it like attracts like whatever your core inner beliefs are you are going to attract a similar person with similar core beliefs now your core beliefs are in your unconscious mind not your conscious mind okay so understand that unconscious core beliefs um, that's who you really are not who you think you are and remember i've told you
you this before, um, most people do not believe what they think they believe. And I would even venture to say that it's all people don't believe what they think they believe. You really have to do a lot of work to get that understanding in about what you're really believing. But the bottom line is like attracts like. Now, your whatever your core beliefs and issues are, they can be projected in an opposite manner because of gender differences or personality differences. So you might have one person louder than the other. Okay, but like, for example, again, my wife and I, our cores are completely the same with very similar insecurities about ourselves. We do have some different insecurities, but there's insecurities in there, smaller, um, different levels of self-belief, but very similar issues, very similar background, very similar values, right? But we show it differently. OK, I am um, definitely louder than Eileen, but Eileen is pretty outspoken for herself and will always be and and is not a passive one, even though I'm out there. But people would think that because I am louder than her. So they think that I am more dominating and that I control her. Her family in the beginning used to always think that um, I controlled Eileen and I made her do what I wanted her to do with that. She went along with me for everything. And I'm like, no, that not true you don't know how she is behind closed doors if that's who you think your daughter is a sister is then you don't have a right or a friend because they were all you know wondering uh, but that's not true so yes opposite personality styles can come out but the core are the same and that's very important to understand I get a lot of clients that have partners and they turn around and they tell me, oh, my husband or my my wife doesn't have any interest in what I do. You know, and I'm like, um, I don't believe that's true because like attracts like. So somewhere within this person, your partner is is a like, is a desire, is a um, an interest. But you just haven't learned how to bring it to the surface or help him bring it to the surface. Um, maybe you're the way you're describing things or talking about things. He doesn't like the words you're using. So that's why he's saying, I don't believe what you believe. But if you do not have the same core beliefs to start with, you're in trouble right from the get-go. All right? So understand that. But I'm telling you right now, and we use our partners to learn more about ourselves. So if you're hearing something you don't like, I would definitely go within and find out where that belief is within you. Because you may think it's opposite, but it truly wouldn't be. There would be some core similarities in there. And that's how we learn about ourselves is when we're with another person, we're there to learn about ourselves. So we're not there to complete each other. Oh, that, um, I actually should put on another myth here, is that another person completes you. Ever since the movie Jerry Maguire, okay, we, we got these movies and these television shows that romanticize these things. I'm gonna be talking about some of the myths that other books and stories have romanticized that are completely untrue. And that's the other one that's completely untrue, is that another person can complete you. No, he or she cannot complete you. You're complete already. You're with another person to discover how complete and full you are. Uh, but they do not complete you at all. They, you do not need another person to be complete. 
right? You need another person to find out how complete you really are. Uh, and you do that by the love you give, the compassion you give, the caring you give, all of that. So as romantic as it may sound, it's not true. So all you Valentine's uh, people for this Friday, do not give anybody a card that says you complete me because that is BS. Let's get something a little bit more romantic, like some truth in there, um, besides things like that, okay? So opposites do not attract. That is a myth. Here is another myth. All the right ones are taken. You know how many times I hear that one? Oh, all the right ones are taken. Um, now, there used to be a politically incorrect um, concept that went along with that, that women used to say all the time. Um, oh, they're either taken or they're gay. And they still say that, you know. Yeah, there's 8 billion people on the face of the earth. And we want to believe that the all the men that are in there are either taken or gay. And um, I doubt that seriously, considering that that is not what the statistics show um, and the demographics show for the world, um, no less the United States or wherever you live, I can assure you there are right ones for you out there. We're going to talk more about that and how to be sure to get the right one that fits you perfectly. Okay, remember I said attract the perfect relationship, attract and maintain perfect relationships. There are perfect relationships. And, and by the way, you may hear that uh, the fantasy romance is untrue. You know, the Romeo and Juliet, the 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 um, princess and the knight in shining armor and prince. They're all fantasies that nobody exists like that. That's not true. They all exist. One of the reasons why we created that concept is to give us inspiration to aspire for that. But the reason and the people who have denied those things are the ones that weren't successful because they were going at it the wrong way. Wow. Okay. Half hour just went by and we're coming up to a commercial. So stay tuned and we are coming back and callers just stay there. Please keep listening in. Do not hang up or call right back. But this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show with Vincent Jenna. And we will be answering your phone calls on the other side of the half hour. And we'll be talking more about the rest of the myths of, uh, of relationships and love. So come and listen to how to attract perfect relationships and maintain them on the Stop Stopping Yourself show. I will be back in just a minute. Thank you very much for joining us today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. All right, I'm back and we're talking about one of the most important things in life 
relationships and love, two of the most important things. Um, why? Why do we need to experience them? Because we are not going to feel complete until we do experience them. And and here's the thing about that. Um, it was Jesus who said, live in the world, not of the world. And we've been using that understanding for a long time now. And what does that mean? Live in the world. When you decide to incarnate down here on this planet, the time that you incarnate here, they're playing a game. There's a game going on here. Um, believe me, it's, it's um, sometimes it's a very stupid game. Um, uh, but there's a game going on. And and when you incarnate down here, um, you decide that you want to play that game, but you don't need to play like everybody else is playing, like everybody else is playing right now. That's that's what's meant by not of the world. You don't have to step all over each other. You don't have to hurt each other. You don't have to do anything just to win. The whole idea is to play the game. You can't come down here and play Monopoly while everybody else is playing the game of life. And right now, marriage, monogamy is part of the game. They're both part of the game. Do you see people, the majority of people want to get married. They have that desire to certainly get into a couple relationship, even if you don't want to get married. And most people don't want to get married only because of bad experiences. That's it. Either bad experiences from their parents or experiences that they've had with lovers, having lost a lover, either through a divorce, through a breakup, through death. And they convince themselves that I can go through this life. I don't need anybody. I'm sorry. That, again, is also BS. Um, we all want somebody because we grow more with somebody. You cannot grow as much alone. Sure. Absolutely, you can watch a movie and enjoy it and have fun with it. But one of the reasons why we call our friends up to tell them about the great movie that we just saw is so that we can go and watch it with them too and enjoy them enjoying the movie. So you get twice as much, three times as much. And when you're deeply in love, you get a hundred times as much. Like my wife and I for Valentine's Day, we actually went, Celine Dion was doing concert here um, in Raleigh. And for the first time we saw her live and we had great seats. It was the most extraordinary, wonderful concert. If she comes to your area, go. But like I said, go with somebody that you really care for because my wife and I felt each other. You know, <clears throat> whenever we're watching a, um, a, a movie, whenever we're hearing a story, whenever we go to a ceremony, a wedding ceremony, and they get to all of the romantic loving part, we automatically and naturally reach for each other and look at each other because it reminds us of the love that we had and celine did such an incredible job with such beautiful songs yesterday last night that we couldn't stop holding each other's hands and feeling each other's vibration i'm sorry if you don't get a chance to experience that you don't know what you're missing and i'm telling you you can you can experience that no matter how sour your past relationships were. And I'm trying to teach you how. First, break apart the myths. So we discussed the myth of opposites attract. 
It's like attracts like. All the right ones are taken. No, they're not. There are plenty of people out there, I promise you. And you come across almost 100 people every single day of your life unless you keep yourself secluded in a little cubicle in your office or in your home. But normal people are out in the world. They go shopping. And you are definitely coming across other people. And you can either do it that way, do it on the Internet. It doesn't matter where you come across people, but there are plenty out there. Number three myth, sex is an expression of love. It is not an expression of love. It is a sharing of love. There is a difference. And the reason why there's a difference is because there are 8 billion people in the world because people are using sex the wrong way. And certainly we'll have Emily on at the end of the, the month to be talking about that. Of course, sex is natural and it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but it is not a way to tell another person, I love you, go to bed with me. Or or um, and, and there's so many women that wind up getting pregnant because of that, because they want to be loved. And the guy is there. Guys are very physical and guys are into physical sex and women are into emotional sex, which is the major complaint about men. And so they're sitting there and they're going, well, if you love me, you'll have sex with me. And the woman goes along with it and boom. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I'll be careful. And uh, he's not. And here comes baby number five. Um, it is not an expression of love. It's been used promiscuously. It's been used as an expression of power. It's been used as dominance. Wars have been started from sex. Um, people have been killed over sex. And that just goes to show you that it's being used wrong. You always want to establish an emotional relationship before you establish a sexual one. Look, I know you meet that hot woman and you're horny or that hot guy and, and your adrenaline gets fired up as well as every other thing in your body, right? And oh, you're going to go home and you're going to have sex with this person before you even know them and then expect to establish a relationship with them. Here's here's the point that goes along with that myth there. If you start a sexual relationship first, there is no guarantee it will lead to an emotional one. However, if you establish the proper emotional one first, there is a guarantee it can be sexual and good. Because when you are loving somebody, you can love them past your sexual preferences. You can love their soul, love their light, love their energy. Uh, a matter of fact, um, sex is when the two souls meld together. That is actually one of the things that helps to keep humans together is that emotional bond not just a physical bond. If it was the physical bond, then everybody would be coupled off in the world today, and they're not. It's an emotional bond that keeps you together, not a sexual one. So go for the emotional bond first, and don't use sex to express love. Use sex to, while you have love first, and then you share it through sex. I know that sounds like it's, well, isn't that the same thing? No, it is not the same thing, because the love came before the sex did okay and you can love somebody without sex 
honestly. Yes, you can. Um, there is all different means of being able to express se us ourselves sexually. But we're going to save that for um, the show with Emily, okay? But sex is not an expression of love. That's myth number three. Myth number four. Now, this actually pertains to our spiritual community and metaphysical community. People in my community seem to want to believe that the more evolved you are, the less relationships you need, the less romance you need, the less romantic love you need. That is completely untrue because, again, to fully experience the greatest height of who you are, Having a partner, a loving relationship along those lines helps you evolve even higher. That is then like saying that God is not evolved because God needs us to fully experience itself. It could get rid of us, but then it wouldn't be the same expression, now would it? It wouldn't be sharing the same love, now would it? So it wants us, and it uses us to help experience the greatest part of who it is, love. And yeah, can you love yourself? Absolutely, but I've got a secret for you. When it's true love, you can't just love yourself anymore. That's why we were created to start with. When this intelligence started to intellectualize, and I'm not using that in a defense mechanism way, but it started thinking, and it was thinking about its emotions, when it got to the feeling of love, the feeling of love was so powerful and strong, it knew that in order to be fully expressed, it needed somebody else to fully express it with, and boom, the big bang, and there we are. Souls. Souls to be able to share that love with each other. So it comes natural that the more you love yourself, the more you will love others, which is what Jesus said to start with. Love your neighbor. When you love yourself with all your heart and all your might, you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because that's what he really said. Those were the two top commandments. Because who you are is that God source. And why would a God source want to just be with itself? It doesn't. It's natural to extend that love out. So walking alone on the planet, you're only doing that because you're fearful, you have bad experiences, and you're going to use a whole bunch of other excuses like time, career, desire, can't find anybody. Those are all defense mechanisms. I promise you it has nothing to do with you've experienced true love before and you don't need any more. As long as you're here, you have not experienced the fullest love that you can experience. Because once you do, you never want to give it up. You never want to let it go. You never evolve past that loving point. You can go with it, but you can't evolve higher than it without it. Just remember that. Healthy relationships, another myth. Healthy relationships equals independence. No, actually not true. Healthy relationships, being independent doesn't mean you're healthy at all. 
Okay, being dependent and being independent. Those are two different things, but they're coming from the same insecurity. And that means you're unhealthy. You are not stable then because you do have those issues. Issues of needing to do everything on your own. Who wants to do everything on their own? I don't want to invent anything anymore that other people have invented or that can invent for me. I don't want to do that. You know, I want to be able to go to the store and buy toilet paper. I don't want to reinvent it and do without. So I depend on, but no, I interdepend. I am capable of taking care of myself, right? But I enjoy the cooperation and collaboration with other people. Teamwork interdependent i enjoy my wife helping me at times me helping her at times yet being able to do anything on my own that i need to do on my own but doing it interdependently helps us to grow that much more that much closer she doesn't depend on me and i don't depend on her but we work together and that's called interdependence Okay, understand the difference, interdependence. And by the way, couples, anybody who's listening, who's in a marriage, now not boyfriend, girlfriend, but who's in a marriage and you have your own separate bank accounts, and I'm not talking about gift bank accounts, you know, it's nice to have maybe some type of separate credit card or a separate account, so that way you can surprise your partner on Christmas or birthday so that they don't know um, what you charged. Um, you know, that I understand. But those of you who want to remain independent and have to have your own bank account, that is because you're afraid of the other person um, controlling or getting control of your money. That's an issue. That is an issue. You can't be afraid to be part of a relationship. You can't be afraid to be one and share. It's the whole reason why you're getting together. If you don't share the same interests at all or some of the same interests, you're in trouble. If you don't share the same values, you're definitely in trouble. I'm telling you that right now. I've done a lot of marriage counseling and couple counseling, and you have got to be at least in the same bookstore on the same bookshelf, in the same book, some way or another. You don't have to be in the same sentence or the same paragraph, but dang, you need to be in the same book some way or the other. Otherwise, you're you're on the same page. Otherwise, you're in trouble. You're separate. Then don't even bother getting married. And then when it comes to a couple of years down the line and you've grown bored with each other, call me up and I'll tell you why. It's because you were too separate from each other. We're so afraid to be part of one. The whole reason why we establish relationships is to learn how to get back to the part of one because that's where we came from. If we can't do it down here on earth, we're not going to do it on the other side either. There is nothing wrong with being a puzzle piece and becoming part of the full puzzle picture. You're just as important. Every single piece to the puzzle is as important as the other ones. No matter how much a picture is on that puzzle piece, you're just as important. And if you don't believe me, go do a thousand piece puzzle and take one of the pieces and throw it away and see how much you like it. This entire piece, puzzle, beautiful picture, a thousand pieces, two thousand, five thousand. The more the more the pieces that there are, the more annoying one is missing. 
That's how important you are. So realize that. Okay. Um, uh, number six, another another myth. I'm picky. No, you're not. You're self-destructive. Because when it comes to, if you're picky on another person, it's because you're picky of yourself. Remember, everything gets this, externalized with what's going on internally. But I'll say that again because I was stumbling there. Everything becomes externalized, that which is internal. So if you are self-critical, you're going to be critical of the world, right? So when you turn around and you tell me, uh, no, I ha I, I'm not able to find anybody that I like, doesn't meet my qualifications. We're going to talk about that real quick. But that's not true either. Okay, and here's the one that people want to throw pickaxes at me because they don't like it. Richard Bach romanticized this term, and it's just not a true term. Soulmates. There are no soulmates. God did not create twin souls, did not create soulmates. We created that romanticized view and picture so that we can convince ourselves that what we've got is pure and perfect and wonderful and great until it's not. Then people turn around and say, well, I thought that was my soulmate. That's not. So I really got to find my true soulmate. It is your job to make the partner that you're with your soulmate. My wife was not my soulmate before we got together and worked on our relationship. No, God did not create us to be together. God created me. God created her. Me, me. Now we may have had previous lives. And getting back together with somebody that you love from a previous life makes the relationship go easier, but it doesn't mean that you're soulmates, and it doesn't mean that is a guarantee that you're supposed to be meeting again. It's not a soulmate. It's up to you to make a soulmate relationship, and you can by working on yourselves. Now I'm going to tell you, and here, and here is not a myth, but number eight and the biggest truth of all. Attraction has nothing to do with another person. Attraction has all to do with you. So here is a skill tip that I need you to do, a task that is going to help you with relationships. I need you to take, and I've repeated this. I've said this before in one of my other podcasts. I need you to take a pen and pad, and you're going to do it exactly the way I tell you. You're going to write the title of this task on the top of the pad. And the title is the 10 most important traits I want in my partner. 10 most important traits I want in my partner. You might want 20, but try to narrow it down to the 10 most important traits. And go through one through 10. Make sure you have at least 10 traits on there. And as soon as you finish your 10th trait, go to the top of the pad to the title. Go to the word partner, cross it out, and write in the word me. Now the title says, the 10 top traits I want in me. Because since like attracts like, guess what? You don't have to worry about going shopping. You don't have to worry about what you fill out on your online dating account site you don't have to worry about any of that all you have to worry about is you 
because you, attraction has nothing to do with another person. What energy you, whatever energy you put out in the universe is the energy you're going to attract to you. So if you just work on the traits you want in another person, make sure that they're inside of you. That's exactly what you're going to wind up attracting. The more you work on you, the more that kind of person is going to appear in your life those core values. And again, they may be expressed differently, but use those core values to grow with, to believe. Now you've also got to believe that you deserve your top 10 traits in you and another person. You deserve your knight in shining armor, your princess, your, your whomever. You deserve that romanticized person because you're a divine being, but I know your stories from the past have you convinced that you're not good enough, you're not lovable, you're not deserving. Make sure you pay attention to that. I deal with people, and the number one question with me, thousands of people I have done readings for, and their number one question for me is their relationship, and of course, number two is their career, and most of them are in that that order, and then the rest of them are in career, but relationship next. Only if you don't even ask me about relationship because they think they can get by without. Well, I wasn't really caring about that. And here is the way you need to see this. I want you to take picture a garden hose connected to a spigot outside on your house. This is an image I've given before. And, as, and, and turn the water full blast on and through that garden hose. Now, as long as you've got that hose fully uncoiled, you can use the full blast of the water that's coming through the hose for anything you want. It can put out a fire, it can wash your car, you know, give the dog a bath, go running through it because it's hot outside, take a drink, I don't care, wash your car, the house. It, but if there is a kink anywhere in that hose, anywhere in that hose, it can impede or fully stop the flow of the water coming through, right? We've seen that many, many, many times. If anybody has gone outside, worked in the garden bed and used a hose at all, you have to uncoil it straight first. Well, guess what? That water represents the God force flowing through you. And if there is a kink anywhere in your life, you impede the flow of that God force, if not stop it altogether. It is all about unkinking your hose. And I find that also ironic that I use that terminology and metaphor when I'm talking about relationships and sex, because it does go hand in hand. Your your romantic life gets better when you love yourself and you feel better about yourself. Your sex life becomes wonderful when you feel better about yourself. You enjoy it for what it's meant to be. It's not meant to force people to stay together. It's not meant to break people up. And I'm talking about the physical act of it, the sexuality. It's not meant to have a million babies because you don't know what else to do in your life. Neither are relationships. Relationships are not meant to make you happy. They are because you're happy. Remember, everything stems from you first. The feelings and the beliefs you have about yourself. And then to maintain the perfect relationship that I just taught you how to attract 
to you. You continue to work on yourselves, but you do it together. You work on healing those scars, those And as you do that together, you grow stronger than you can even imagine. And don't listen to Adele's songs and all the nonsensical stories. Oh, there's another song. Oh, God, what's her name? Um, and it's played over and over and over again. I had to lose you to love me. Oh, my God, I had to lose you to love me. And I believe that one of the lyrics is, is I had to hate you to love me. Oh my God, if we keep having those kinds of ideas, then that means this is why we keep tormenting ourselves and we put ourselves through hell because we believe that in order to become good and divine, that we have to suffer in some way. Now, if we've turned it around, I lost you and then I found me. I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to be in a relationship where I lost you in order to love me. I wish I had found me first then that's a better song, okay? But no, no, you do not need to be burnt. You do not need to suffer. You do not need to hear you have cancer. You do not need to have a building fall on top of you. You do not need to get a disease. You do not need to break up in 10 marriages or relationships at all. You don't need to lose your job. You don't need to become homeless. You don't need any of those things that we can experience in life just to grow and find yourself. Now, can you grow from it? Yes, but there is no guarantee. That's why I'm saying you don't want to have to put yourself through that nonsense because there is no guarantee. You know, the idea that we make lemonade out of lemons? Well, there's no guarantee for that. It can just remain sour. So remember that this is Vincent Jenna on the Stop Stopping Yourself show. I gave you the formula to attract perfect relationships and maintain them. Go back and listen to this again. Write me if you have questions. And next week, call in with relationship and love questions, and I will give you a personal reading. So thank you for joining me today and dealing with all my emotions. This is very important for me because I want you guys to love the best way you can because you are divine and you are magnificent. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.